Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Swatch Talk. My name is Harmon Swatch, and I will be your host today. Before we start this podcast, I would like to tell you a little bit about myself. I am 19 years old, a sophomore in college, and a police explorer sergeant for five years. I started out at the age of 14 hating the program, but then grew to love it as I've had many wonderful experiences along the way. Now, I, almost, I give almost all my free time into the program, trying to improve it in any way I can. I've gone through the Orange County Law Enforcement Explorer Advisors Association Academy, or OCLEA for short, and with countless hours of training, classroom hours, and events in multiple cities, I could tell you one thing. I've never felt prouder to be a member of this community and program. I'm a proud explorer, and despite the public's mixed reactions to it, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Well, maybe an island or a Ferrari, but who knows. Anyways, I, wouldn't, I want to talk about how career planning for law enforcement compares to other careers in the United States. In short, is it more dangerous to be in programs preparing you for law enforcement than any other career out there? Well, the obvious answer is, of course. Being a police officer in this society's climate is challenging, even for seasoned veterans. And no thanks to the recent stories about officer-related shootings, it's almost impossible not to see why the general population doesn't want anything to do with cops. But Harmon, you're not a cop, you're an explorer. So everyone can clearly see that you're too young to be a real cop. And you wear a different uniform, so what's the danger? Actually, that's not exactly true. As I mentioned, I'm 19, but when my beard is fully grown out, I look 21 to anyone that passes by. I do wear a different color uniform, but it's pretty similar to a real officer's uniform, so it's kind of hard to tell the difference. And while being looking older might have its perks, when you're sitting in the shotgun of a marked patrol car, the bad guys have a hard time telling whether you're a real officer or an explorer. While I can't speak for every explorer out there, I can definitely say I've had a number of incidents with strangers where I was often mistaken as an officer, and well, it didn't always go as well. There was this one time I was working in an event in Tustin, and alcohol was being sold inside. I remember the atmosphere pretty well, and this was one of the few events in which I got to see my friends from other agencies and work at the same time. Anyways, our primary goal out there was just to keep the peace, keep an eye out for suspicious people, and as always, help people with most of the things they needed. So there I was, posted with a friend of mine, talking about the academy, when a gentleman approaches me with some of his friends. I immediately recognized that they were a little tipsy, but since alcohol was okay here, I had no problem with it. So this guy approaches me and asks for directions to a certain booth. I pointed out on the map and out of the corner of my eye, noticed that one of his friends pulls out his phone. Now I'm no idiot, so I know when I'm being recorded for one reason or another. So the guy gets his directions and then asks me to hold his beer while he ties his shoe. I had a beard of about two months in, so I thought the guy assumed I was of age. I, kind, I kindly informed him that I was only 19 and that I couldn't help him. He was more than welcome to set it on the ground while he tied his shoe. His friends started to snicker, only making him more persistent in trying to get me to hold it. While I continued to refuse, he seemed to get upset. Now, I can't ex say exactly what he said, or you'd hear a lot of bleeps, but it went a little like this. This is why no one likes effing cops. All they do is shoot people and write stupid tickets. I swear to God, swear to God man, I hate all you effers. Then he proceeded to shout F the police, which got a small response from his friends. At that point, I bid him a good day and proceeded to beckon my partner to walk away. As we were leaving, he started to follow us, saying that we should run and that we were, quote unquote, very nice people and upstanding citizens. That's sarcasm if you hadn't noticed. Thank God one of the officers heard the commotion and came to meet us. 
No, when I say this man made me look tiny, I am not kidding. This guy was the definition of SWAT team. He's around 6'6 and easily 250. Every part of him was ripped and you can hear his shirt sleeves almost crying for help. He asked us what had happened and as I carefully explained the events, he congratulated me on staying calm, cool, and collected. He went over to talk to the guy that was bothering us and believe me, that was a very short conversation. I never saw the guy for the rest of the event. Now you might say, Harmon, that's an isolated event. Not everyone's like that. And you're right. There's a ton of super nice people who appreciate what I do, who congratulate me, who thank me for my service. But not everyone's like that. There's just, As much as there's people that like us, there's people that don't like us. And they hate every inch of the badge and uniform. Now I did some research into police explorers, and I'm happy to say nothing recent has come up that had me worried. The only thing that popped up was the LAPD Explorer incident in which explorers stole equipment and cars from the LAPD and used them for a joyride. Now, when I looked more into the dangers, I found something that was kind of old, but not as, not as old as I would like it to be. So here's what, here's what happened. On April 27, 1987, 17-year-old police explorer Cheryl Horak was sitting in a patrol car outside of the Bettendorf Police Station waiting for her officer to finish up an arrest. Now, it is common practice to wait in the car, as there are many things explorers can't do, such as process a, uh, a suspect or t uh, interview a victim. I, on numerous occasions, have sat in a marked black and white, waiting for my officer to finish something inside. Anyways, Cheryl was sitting in the car when a 33-year-old man named Kenneth Griffith walked up, shot her in the head three times, execution style. Now, Mr. Griffith, who apparently thought she was a real police officer, was angry over the fact that he had called into the police department earlier to report a theft, but was told that he needed to be transferred to the sheriff's department since his house was outside the county lines. This is what set him off and enraged him to go shoot an innocent teen in the head. He was later found dead in his home, apparently a suicide. The alarming thing about the story is the fact that it sounds so similar to what I do on a daily basis in a ride-along. Granted, that was 32 years ago. You would never know what strangers are up to these days, especially ones who hate cops. Anyways, I couldn't find anything else on the story. I looked in deeper into any other events that might have happened, but most of the explorer deaths were off-duty or related to something else. I'm happy to say that I take all the precautions necessary, including wearing a vest and knowing safety training on what to do if a shooter appears. I've been through multiple training sessions with my officers and I've learned that not all things may appear as they seem and you need to stay vigilant all the time. Now I want to talk about another incident that occurred in 2018 and while it may not have been an explorer on duty with a police officer, it's definitely one that I've heard about as an explorer that affected us as a post and as a explorer program. So this incident took place in New York and it was the death of Lisandro Guzman Feliz, 15 years old, and he, he was a he was a good explorer from what I've heard. He was he wanted to be an explorer. He was 15 years old, and he um, he was at a bodega, and it was just a you know a case of mistaken identity. Uh, he was dragged outside by uh, five guys, uh, part of the Trinit Trinitario Street Gang. And they hacked him to death with a machete because uh, they thought he was someone else when he really wasn't. Um, this guy, just like me, wanted to be something in law enforcement, some, wanted to make something of himself. Uh, this definitely affected a lot of us deeply since uh, we, were, we were on the same path as him. 
I definitely feel for him, and uh, I wish this hadn't happened. So, you know, as we wrap up that story, it's definitely sad. I feel for the guy. You know, I wish that hadn't happened, but, again, who does? Um, I want to talk about another incident that occurred with me personally um, at another event. Uh, it was pretty eye-opening to me because I seemed to be naive at the time that, you know, wearing the uniform meant that people respected you, respected the badge, and respected what you were doing for the community. But uh, I was a very wrong. So anyways, I want to say about a year and a half into me being into the post, um, I had gone through the academy recently and it was back to school night at my high school. Um, we were trying to recruit new people to join our post because we obviously wanted as many people as we could. Um, it was a lot of people that I knew already from high school, uh, people that I played basketball with on, on the daily, people I had classes with. Um, but it was definitely a shock for them to see me in uniform, you know, to see me doing something with my life that wasn't just high school. So we had a table set up and a couple of my explorers and I were handing out flyers. We're talking to different people, you know, we're explaining the post when uh, I see this guy from my basketball team walking past and laughing. You know, at first I thought he was just laughing because he saw me and he was kind of shocked. So I gave him a little wave, a friendly wave, and uh, he waved back. But uh, I could see he was in the other corner of the room talking to some of his friends that I didn't personally know, and they were all laughing at something and pointing at our table. Now, I, I want to say I have pretty thick skin, so I don't really care what people think. But as they were coming back, you know, I was talking to my officer who was there, you know, taking the time out of his day to, just to be with us, make sure we were safe, we were okay, helping us recruit. When all of a sudden these guys start chanting, F the police, F the police, really loud at school in the middle of the gym. And everyone's just looking at them like awestruck, like how could these guys, you know, be saying that when, you know, they're in school in the middle of the auditorium. So I just look at my officer and my officer looks at me. And at first, you know, he says, ignore it. You know, they have, they can do whatever they want, but as time went on, you know, five, ten minutes passed, the principal came over and talked to them, and they didn't seem to like to be told to be quiet, so they started chanting louder and louder. So the principal beckoned over the officer, and the officer went, and he talked to the principal for a little bit. Then he went to talk to the guys over there, and they stopped chanting for a second, but they were real irate. They were mad, you know. They kept saying, we have a freedom of speech, we have a freedom of speech, we can say what we want whenever we want. And it's, it's funny because freedom of speech doesn't cover hate speech. And to some people, you know, F the police isn't hate speech, right? But to some people, they can take that in the wrong way, you know. F the police could mean injuring a police officer or on purpose or trying to, you know, take the life of a police officer for no apparent reason. So after they had this conversation, the guys finally decided to stop, you know, <clears throat> They walked away for a bit, and as we were cleaning up, I remember at the end of the event, um, we'd gotten a couple people to sign up, and we were happy. Uh, we were cleaning up. Uh, the officer had said, had asked us if we needed any more help, and you know, we said no. We were okay. We could clean up and leave. So we're putting the tables away. We're cleaning up the flyers and everything, and the one guy comes back. You know, I wasn't already particularly fond of this guy. He's known for running his mouth a lot. And I just don't like people like that. 
But he comes back and he starts pressing me for no reason. He's saying, hey, why did you snitch on us? Why did you tell the cop to come over here? This is why no one likes you. You know, this is why you're bullied at school. And he got all personal with it. And I, at first I didn't understand, you know, like what was this guy's problem? I hadn't said anything, you know. But just to argue this guy was to, that's exactly what he wanted. He wanted me to argue back. You know, wanted me to say something I shouldn't say in uniform and just get myself in trouble. So I, all I did was stay quiet. You know, I let him talk. I let him finish. And I said, okay, thanks. I'll let my supervisor know. And he's like, supervisor, you know, blah, 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 this and that. You know, he's like, hey, if you want to play on the basketball team again, you know, don't show up because, you know, we'll bully you. We won't let you play. I'll tell coach not to get you playing time. He was pretty close with the coach at the time. Um, I didn't believe, you know, he'd come through on his threats, but I really didn't care at that point. Um, so the day goes on, you know, we finish, wrap up, he leaves. And, um, you know, the next day I go to school as usual. And uh, every time I see him, you know, he'd flip me off or he'd say something like, you pig or something, something of that, you know, remark. And it started to get you know, annoying, but you know, it is what it is. I really don't care until it, it'll it pretty much stayed that way for a couple weeks. You know, I didn't engage him. He just tried to engage me all the time. And then the, just the one time I was in class, you know, I was taking notes and he's walking outside. He's not even part of my class. He's walking outside. You know, he sees me taking notes. You know, he comes back in the doorway. Uh, he's, he looks at the teacher, and the teacher's obviously looking at her computer because she doesn't know that he's there. And he's flipping me off. You know, he's like making rude gestures, laughing. Uh, I believe one of his friends was in the class was laughing too. But what he didn't notice was that the teachers started to look directly at him and saw everything he did. The teacher then proceeded to look at me. And when she called him inside class, you know, and he he immediately knew, you know, he messed up. He was in trouble. So... She tells me and him to both go to the principal's office, and we do. And she had already explained the situation of what she saw to the principal, and the principal understood. And he asked the, the kid, you know, why, why are you doing this? You know, what's the purpose? And he said he hated the police, you know. All they ever do is shoot innocent people for no reason, and they have no control whatsoever. So... The principal listened to him and said, hey, look, you can't be flipping people off like that. You know, I'm going to have to give you detention, after school detention. And the guy obviously protested. He said, you know, it's freedom of speech. And as the principal tried to kindly explain, you know, flipping people off, that's that is freedom of speech. But on school grounds, you know, it's against school policy. You know, you're not allowed to do that, especially to another student in front of a teacher. So he got detention, of course, and he left. He, you know, he left the the office, you know, kind of pissed. And I understand, you know, and me, he, uh, the principal then looked at me. He's like, Hey, are you okay? You know, has this guy been bothering you? I explained the situation again. And he said, Hey, all, all I suggest is you avoid this guy. You know, if you need me to make arrangements, I can make arrangements. So you guys don't see each other. But I told the principal it was fine. You know, I, it's nothing I couldn't handle. And then the principal, you know, he looked at me for a second and he said, I admire your thick skin because if a lot more people had that, we wouldn't have as many problems in the world. And I just smiled and I thanked him and he shook my hand and I went back to class.
Well, folks, uh, I'm going to have to wrap it up um, pretty soon. Uh, my time limit is coming. So what it all comes down to is, is it more dangerous to be an explorer than it is any other program? Absolutely. You know, without a doubt, with the climate that surrounds law enforcement today and all the media stories that they've been pushing out, it's definitely more dangerous. You know, people don't really know about the Explorers program that much, so they just assume anyone in a uniform sitting in a cop car is a cop. But, you know, you sometimes you just have to educate them. That doesn't mean, you know, they should do anything regardless. They should just understand that we're kids trying to get a jump start on our future. We just want to learn. We're not there to tell anyone what to do, you know, tell anyone how it is. All we want to do is just become a better selves. Um, has the program gotten safer? Absolutely. You know, I can't find any incident in the past 10 years where an explorer was hurt on, on the job, on duty. You know, someone pulled a gun and they got killed. Thank God that hasn't happened. I hope it never happens. But um, yes, uh, feel free to listen to my podcast anytime. I got all of my information uh, from Cheryl Morak from the New York Times. And for the slain, slain team, uh, Mr. Guzman, off of the New York Post, um, thank you for checking out my podcast, and goodbye.